Hello, and welcome to The Growth-Minded Marriage. My name's Kevin, and I'm joined by my wife, Mary. We are a uniquely ordinary Midwest couple pursuing what it means to live our values out loud, release expectations, and dedicate ourselves to growth and the pursuit of our most authentic selves together. Welcome to The Growth-Minded Marriage Season 2. My name's Mary. I'm here with my husband, Kevin. It is Saturday, September 11th, 2021, and we are going to be reviewing the week we just finished. So to recap everyone in this new format, Mary and I reflected on these six questions that we put together, and in real time, we'll be sharing them with each other. We haven't heard each other's responses yet, so I'm kind of excited to hear Mary's thoughts about some of these things from this past week. So our first question is, what's something new or different or inspiring that you encountered this week? Kevin. For me, I encountered this quote by George Eliot that I found kind of inspiring and also very appropriate for me and for you and me. The quote is, it is never too late to be what you might have been, kind of just defines my growth journey and my transition from kind of being a pessimist about, oh, I wish I had a better teacher, I wish I was pushed more as a child, to this new person where I just kind of feel like I'm always in a state of becoming not necessarily what George Eliot says of what I might have been, but what I still could be. Mm -hmm. I also know a lot more in depth of the backstory on why that quote is meaningful for you. So that's really cool. And I, I can see how that grabbed you. What's yours, Mary? So Kevin and I were doing our reflections on September 10th, meaning we were writing our answers down to these six questions. And I realized that today is September 11th. And I was thinking, you know, should we acknowledge that in some way? Of course, it's an extremely important date. I didn't think we could just let it pass by. But you all are listening to this a few days after September 11th. So it was just poking around on the internet and seeing what came up. And just I know myself well enough to follow my emotions and follow sort of the pings uh, that the universe sends me of what I should be reflecting on or not. And I came across this quote, and it's an anonymous quote, so I can't really give any reference to who said this, but it just really struck me and it was something different that I hadn't ever heard before. So this quote was meant to be read or was written in itself on September 10th, so the the night before September 11th. And it says, On this day, 20 years ago, 246 people went to sleep in preparation for their morning flights. 2,606 people went to sleep in preparation for work in the morning. 343 firefighters went to sleep in preparation for their morning shift. 60 police officers went to sleep in preparation for morning patrol. Eight paramedics went to sleep in preparation for their morning shift. None of them saw past 10 a.m. September 11, 2001. In one single moment, life may never be the same. As you live and enjoy the breaths you take today and tonight before you go to sleep in preparation for your life tomorrow, kiss the ones you love, snuggle a little tighter, and never take one second of your life for granted. So that quote just made me emotional. It made me emotional right now to read it. And I know on my journey to finding my most authentic self that I follow my emotions, and that's where my truth lies. And so 
I don't think the people who died on September 11th were really concerned with my personal awakening and discovering my authentic self, but the memory of what happened and the people who went to sleep that night and didn't know what was ahead for them the next day has allowed me to grab hold of my life. And I know how precious of a gift that is. And I also had this thought that like, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, like this was enough. And I don't think two years ago, I would have said that I felt like my life was enough. And I just am so grateful that I feel that way. And I get to feel that way with you. So. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad I went first. <laughs> okay. Should we just stop there at this point? <laughs> no, but. I think you should just let that rest for a second, because I think that's probably at least that quote that you said is so appropriate for everyone Mm -hmm. and i think when we get lost in our day-to-day we forget the moment that we're living in is such a gift Mm -hmm. yeah it's tricky because you know the people who die they certainly their lasting legacy is not so that we feel like our life is a gift they wanted more seconds for themselves but in light of the fact that they can't have that it feels good to say i'm gonna live my life feeling the most filled and trying to give other people that feeling i'm gonna pause this to blow my nose for a moment okay we're back (laughs) i am a highly emotional being i love that i discovered this about myself and i like that i feel safe enough to do it with you I, i mean i even choked up a little bit mary all right next question is what drained your energy this week so I, I answered this question, but as one of those like interview answers that you say when you really want the job, uh-huh. like what's one of your faults? It's like, oh, well, I work too hard. <laughs> so mine was a little bit of a pat on the back. And now it just sounds like it's in poor taste. But big personal success for me today marks an entire week without a cup of coffee, which for me personally is a huge accomplishment because... Previously, I measured my coffee intake by the pot, and I've been slowly trying to wean myself off that, and this past Sunday, I finally cut it off, and I've not had a cup of coffee since. And there's been a couple moments that I've had like these caffeine headaches, and I've just been really fatigued in the middle of the day, and I have a total appreciation for people going through withdrawal from addiction because there's been times that I'm like, gosh, you know what? I'm just going to have a cup of coffee. It's not going to be that big of a deal. But I was able to not, and I feel good now. Um, But going through that process for this past week, it's been a little draining. And guys, after saying that out loud, I almost want to redact it, because in the great scheme of things, there, there was really no energy drain there. I mean, while you were talking, of course, I think we're reminded that other people are listening to this. I'm like, ooh, you just compared your coffee addiction to like withdrawals. And I think things can be a big deal to you and maybe not be the biggest deal in the grand scheme of things. Like I think you're allowed to have had a really big moment where you got rid of a crutch that you felt like was draining you and that you can celebrate that without being so hesitant that you're going to be judged that like your sacrifice wasn't as big as someone else's. 
or that your pain wasn't as big as someone else's. But I also think it's healthy to be aware that, you know, coffee addiction, maybe on the grand scheme of things, isn't the biggest thing. Okay, well, I'd like to make a second apology then because I wasn't even thinking about a comparison to like a heroin addict. What I was thinking is I never really had sympathy for people going through serious withdrawal. And this very minor thing that I'm going through made me have an expanding understanding for how difficult that must be. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we build empathy, to be able to be like, oh, I have a small taste of what you're feeling and I can share in what you're feeling because I've got a little bit of a taste of it. Yeah, that's empathy. I mean, that's, I think, a large part of this life that we're trying to build for ourselves. Okay, so what drained my energy this week is my SIBO saga. So last episode, I said that I was diagnosed with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is what I'm going to now call SIBO, which is what the acronym for it. The medications that I've ordered are very, very expensive, so I'm getting them from overseas, and there's a USPS tracker number on them, and I can see that they've not even really left the Indian warehouse that they're coming from, which means there's probably a good four weeks still before I receive them. And so I'm just having this internal struggle because I'm on this highly restrictive diet, like a food diet, in order to balance some of my symptoms and to give me a little bit of relief, but it is so restrictive that I can't basically eat anything out and I can't eat anything that my family's eating. And so I'm just trying to weigh that sacrifice over the next four weeks. And also I am feeling better because I'm on it. And so it's just this whole internal struggle that has got me in this conundrum. And it's just the layering of the weight that I've gained. I'm not sure how much of it is because of the SIBO and how much of it is because of the lifestyle changes that I've made because I've not been feeling well. And my mind is just consumed with food and my weight and my body image. And it's so suffocating inside my mind. It's just it's just crazy how much energy it's taking away from the other things that I want to put energy in. And it's just really frustrating. And again, I'm still in the middle of this and I'm wanting to be on the other side and I just can't will myself to the other side without this medicine. And this medicine is nowhere near me. So, Mary, why don't you keep going? What's um, what after that experience, what refilled your spirit? So what refilled my spirit is a, a material thing that gets me all excited when I do this thing. And so I'm like, this is what I want to share. It is called Stamford Aromatherapy Collection, and they are six packs of um, each pack is a different scent, and each pack has 20 sticks of incense in it. And normally, I would consider myself a person who only lights candles or incense for special moments. Like, you know, you have that one precious day or hour by yourself and you light a candle or a stick of incense. But recently, probably over the last maybe three or four months, I've just been lighting even maybe two or three a day. Like if it makes me feel so good, I'm like, why don't I just do this more? So I this week just found every opportunity to light one of these sticks of incense. I currently have been using a small amount of Play-Doh to like stick the incense stick in the Play-Doh and light it. And I have just been like putting this piece of Play-Doh on a plate, like one of our dinner plates. And, you know, while that worked well, I was like, I'm going to invest in an actual incense holder. And so I bought myself one that's shaped like a feather off Etsy. It has not arrived yet, but I'm just really excited to kind of heighten the experience. I will share 
um, quickly my two favorite scents. So the first one is Meditation, which is vanilla, sandalwood, and chamomile. And then my second favorite is Relaxing, which is cardamom, cedarwood, and patchouli. And it just makes me feel so happy and so good. And I just am like, I can do this as much as I want. And so (laughs) you'll open my office door or the guest room, which is also my like creative space, my office space. And it just like hits you with all of this incense smell. And the kids are always like, mommy, what are you burning? I want some of that. And so we've been lighting them for their naps and for nighttime. And it just is a happy little circumstance. That's cool. You've sold me now, Mary. I might have to run out and get some Stanford aromatherapy and (laughs) make sure that we use your coupon code, too, so you can get a percentage of their profits. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What refilled your energy this week, Kevin? Um, What refilled my energy is actually our oldest son. Um, I've had the opportunity to spend some really quality one-on-one time with him this past week, especially at soccer which I'm coaching and he is participating and just loving it and just seeing the transition that he has made from the first time that we tried to do soccer with him probably three years ago and he refused to get out of the car and just like this anxiety overwhelmed him and now it's just a total 180 and it's enabled us to you know share all of the nervousness and the anxiety and the excitement, and even talking about like different vulnerabilities and bullying behavior and what it means to be a good person, and just the doors that it's opened has just been really incredible and has given me so much excitement about just how much emotional intelligence our son has, too. And Kevin is maybe housing a little nervous energy because in about an hour and a half, they will have their inaugural game. So this will be a first new experience for a whole family. That is correct. Um, Mary, what's something that you don't want to repeat this week? Uh, My belly just growled. But um, speaking of my belly transition, I wanted to just share this I guess, sort of hard mental thing that I've been working through with, again, the weight I've gained. And I I don't mean to keep harping on this, but I do mean to keep harping on this because we've grown up in a culture as women that has inundated us with this idea that our bodies are like the most important thing that we have. And I'm trying to decondition myself from that, but it's difficult. And I meet its ugly head every single morning when I get up to go use the restroom and the my hands always go immediately to my belly and I just have become aware of my internal assessment of my belly roll, my belly fat, like the positioning of that roll. Has it grown? Is it smaller? Do I feel bloated? Like my hands go to my beautiful, precious body and the first thing I think is how fat am, how fat am I? Is it smaller or bigger? And all these thoughts go through my head in like the first three seconds of my day. And it's just really become disturbing to me that I can't have another thought. And a while ago, I tried to create this mantra in the morning um, because I was doing this then as well. This was all pre this weight gain that I've had through the SIBO journey. But I was trying to replace this first morning thought about my body with, good morning, Mary. I'm here for you. What do you need from me? 
and just try to be really loving and offer myself self-compassion. And I was able to kind of work that in, but I would still have this body image thought first and then this beautiful self-compassionate conversation with myself. And I just couldn't get the self-compassion to displace the first initial self-hatred, really. And I'm still working on that. So I'm not quite sure how I'm going to, quote unquote, fix that. Um, It's probably not going to be a quick fix. And I don't want to just feel like the answer is just to lose weight. I know the answer is to make peace with my body. And then if weight loss happens, fine. That's where I am. And that's the conversation that I don't want to keep repeating with myself. Mine actually is a little bit similar, but sort of a different ghost whispering into my ear uh, that I'll call this mental mandatory overtime monster (laughs) that I think I've mentioned before. Like, Whenever there's a free moment in the day, my initial thought is, okay, what can I do? What can I accomplish? What work can I squeeze in right now? And as I said last week, like I actually have more time now than I've ever had. I have this thing called free time during the day that I've never really experienced to the fullest that it is now. And still, when I have those moments, my first thought is, okay, what else can I do? What else can I accomplish? I just want that figment thought to kind of dissipate. It seems like conditioning, like our culture's conditioning of keep moving, productivity, that's where your value and worth is. And that's been a journey for you to let go of. Like you've not, I mean, you were just saying that this week that you felt that even stronger because this week our kids went back to school and we did have free time. Like this life that we tried so hard to achieve, we are living it in real time. And we know we're living it in real time, this this freedom of time. And still, the mind sabotages. It's just crazy. Yeah. But moving through. What is your gratitude? So this one's going to be brief because Kevin spoiled my mind because we were on a walk the other day. And he made like a offhand comment that one day he's really hopeful that my gratitude is going to be for him. And now every time I went to reflect on what was my gratitude, all I could think was like, well, I got to say something about Kevin or what's something related to Kevin or how could I make this a funny thing that Kevin said? And I couldn't come up with anything. You 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 sucked the gratitudes right out of my mind. Mm. So I didn't want to just give you what you wanted. And folks, this is the story of our marriage. <laughs> what's your gratitude for the week? Well... My gratitude is actually about this really wonderful lady that I know (laughs) who has made such an important difference in my life that I don't know where I'd be right now without her. Her name's Linda. She works at Houston Computers. (laughs) And uh, beginning this week, my, my computer crashed. And I kind of knew it was coming. It was an old computer. I didn't back anything up. I felt like an idiot. I went through like that anxiety and fear that all my business documents were going to go away. All of the pictures that I've taken throughout my entire life are gone forever. And we have this wonderful thing that I'm truly grateful for, and that's called financial flexibility. And that with a single phone call, I can make some kind of very difficult, challenging frustrations in my life go away. So I'm so grateful that we have the financial flexibility to spend 175 bucks for someone to fix my problems for me. 
for Linda to fix your problem. This this was started out about Linda, and then it became. Oh well, it's it's about Linda. <laughs> I'm specifically grateful for Linda, but the bigger picture is just all of those moments that we never, maybe we don't acknowledge all the times, but when you can unburden yourself with something that you don't really want to do or you can't do, and you've got the financial means to just make that go away. It's just like such an awesome thing. I'm feeling like a sense that we need to be like, oh, well, we worked for that. And like, oh, we worked really hard. And this is what we do. But I'm just going to not say that, although I just said it. But You did both, I guess. <laughs> All right. Last question for the week of September 4th through September 10th is what are you looking forward to in the week ahead? Well, you spoiled mine because what I'm really looking forward to is a soccer game in about an hour. I'm getting like all this childhood giddiness and excitement and nervousness and anxiety. It's weird to have these new experience butterflies again. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that play out for the first time. Very cool. Yes, we have a lot of good things, or at least I have a lot of good things, which include the soccer game coming up in an hour. But the thing I wrote down was that this upcoming Friday, I get to take my middle daughter out of school a little bit early, and we're going to get on a plane, and we are going to fly to Ohio to show up for Kelly and Pat, who actually were on this podcast. Episode 15 was episode entitled Growing Through Grief, Kelly and Pat's Journey. And this weekend is a 5K run to benefit Count the Kicks, which is a nonprofit organization that teaches women about stillborn awareness and how to prevent stillbirth. And Kelly and Pat lost their son at 36 weeks pregnant. Kelly was 36 weeks pregnant. So my daughter and I get to fly out there and support Kelly, Pat, and their family through the 5K and then we get a couple days there with everyone else who's driving or flying out to support Kelly and Pat. And I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm sure next week I will have much more to say about what occurred there. But I get to meet some of my best friend's kids who I've never met before. And my daughter get, is old enough that she gets to play and have her own interactions with them. So I'm just really, really looking forward to it. All right, that wraps up our week of review. As I'm sure you've already figured out, not all of these answers are super enlightening and empowering, mm -hmm. but that's what real life looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a slow crawl with sometimes some really big moments, but mostly small moments that accumulate. And I also love the idea that one day, potentially our children or somebody who loves us could go back and hear what the week of September 4th was like in 2021. I just love that past, present, future idea all housed into this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. You make it fun by being out there and us knowing that there are some people out there listening to us. It just adds this extremely fun layer to podcasting and we're grateful to have that in our life. So thank you and we will be back next week and we'll talk soon. Ever onward.